young. Tyra, you guys we're tired of all your bitching out there. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning back in. And I just want to, I like hate podcasts that have like super long intros. So I will promise to always try to keep them as sweet and short as I possibly can. But I just wanted to say how grateful and happy I am that you guys enjoyed my first episode. I definitely wasn't really expecting so many people that like know me in real life and so many people who know me online to really fuck with what I was saying to be honest because I just kind of felt like I was going off on a tangent a little bit but it seemed like you guys (laughs) seemed to really enjoy it so thank you so much for the kind words, all the feedback and everything like that. Um I also figured out how to upload onto Apple. It just, I uploaded them all at the same time, the Spotify, SoundCloud, um, and Apple. And I guess Apple just takes a really long time. It took like about four or five days to actually get approved. But I've heard that once you kind of upload your first episode, it's a little bit easier to kind of get the ball rolling. And so many people have been telling me of different platforms that I can upload this to to make it more accessible. Um, I also now I'm uploading every episode to YouTube. You can just find it through Kombucha Hour Podcast. I'm sure if you just search it on YouTube, you can find it there. Um, So thank you to everyone who's been so supportive and so kind. It genuinely means the world to me just because I was so nervous to put it out. Um, so today we are going to just dive right into the topics that I have set aside. I'm not really going at it too structured because a lot of you guys were like, we don't want structure, but the Taurus in me had to (laughs) at least kind of try to plan things out. I know Virgos are probably a little bit more detailed about that. And I know Geminis make a lot of lists and stuff like that too, but the Taurus in me is still an earth sign. I'm still pretty structured. I still like things to turn out exactly how I want them. So I still made a couple of um, different topic lists, but I'm just going to kind of go off of a, off on a limb, I guess, and kind of just see where everything leads. Kombucha is so important to me. If you, I remember one of my friends was like, you come to class every day with a new kombucha. Like every day you have a new flavor or um just you have a new kombucha every single day and I didn't realize but um I'm just a huge kombucha fan so I decided to try to incorporate that into my podcast so today honestly y'all I have no idea how to pronounce this brand I I tried to google it and I still I'm I'm lost for words I think it's suja but I could be ignorant, <laughs> but it's S-U-J-A. I don't know, for some reason, when I say J and G, I always mix them up in my, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> so it's from that brand and it's organic. And this is the strawberry flavor. Um, I know kombucha can be kind of expensive. Um, and obviously I would want you guys to be able to drink kombucha with me as you listen to the podcast. I just think that would be so cool, but I understand that kombucha can be kind of expensive. So if any of you guys live, I think this is a West Coast thing. It might even just be a California thing, but I'm not sure. 
But if you guys have like a discounted grocery store or anything like that, um, this is where I got my kombucha. Um, I know t- typically it can be almost up to like $5 for a bottle of kombucha. I know it can get pretty expensive. I know the average here is about 2 to $3 like on average. I was able to get this kombucha that I'm drinking today for $1.49 at Grocery Outlet. And I honestly would say this is probably my top 10 favorite kombuchas I've had so far. The flavor just tastes like strawberries and cream. Um, I'll post it on my um, Instagram. Um, if you guys don't follow me on my podcast Instagram, it's just at kombucha hour. And um, I'll try to upload you guys or update you guys when these go out. I hope to upload every week. That's my goal. Um... So anyway, yeah, this one just tastes like strawberries and cream. Um, And if you guys are concerned about whether things are like cross-contaminated or anything, it's 100% vegan. It's organic. It's non-GMO. It's gluten-free. Um, and it has no added flavors or concentrates. So woo, we stand. Um, it's has 15% of your vitamin C as well as 4% of your calcium. Um, it does pretty good in sugar. I mean, I know typically kombuchas can get kind of up there in sugar, but it's only seven grams. That's not too bad for a kombucha. I always drink my kombuchas out of wine glasses. Also, I keep coughing because I'm kind of sick. I don't know if it's, it's whenever the seasons, well, I guess the seasons aren't changing, but I don't know what it is. I feel like I might have like a chest cold or something. So I keep having to pause and like cough my lungs out. (laughs) and it's oh my god it sounds so bad I'm sorry (laughs) but um sorry if like my voice keeps changing or maybe you weren't aware of it and now you are gonna be aware and that's gonna bother you so I'm sorry about that anyway (laughs) um I always drink my kombucha out of wine glasses I kind of drink everything out of wine glasses it's I don't know I just feel like it's fancy and I don't see why we only have to drink wine out of wine glasses like who determined that like it's just a cup and it's a pretty cup and I like it and if I want to drink my cucumber water out of a wine glass and be bougie I will I don't understand like yeah my wine glass came from the dollar tree but who cares like you know what I mean anyway (laughs) that's a completely different tangent but um today I wanted to talk about um well first I kind of want to talk about the women's march because I went to the women's march over the weekend and I noticed that it got um quite a lot of backlash um as far as like people not really supporting the women's march a whole lot I'm not gonna get too much into that just because that's not really direction I have I see myself going with this topic I kind of just wanted to document the things that I've seen from the first women's march that I attended actually I'm trying to think of what year that was I think I've I've gone to three and I know there's only I think there's only been like four so I went in 2018 2019 and again this year in 2020 and I've noticed so I just kind of want to talk about what I've noticed from my very first women's march versus what the women's march was this year in 2020 Again, I'm going to put out that I live in California. I realize that that is a privilege as far as being pretty politically left. Um, So I'm not 
going to talk for everyone's women's march but just from someone's perspective that has been to many and as a black woman like um as someone who's a part of a marginalized group it's i observe a lot of things about intersectionality and how um i feel it benefits all women and not just a certain privileged demographic of women um and i'm not just talking about white women it could just be like heterosexual women or um like um you know what I mean like I'm not just talking I'm just talking about women that are typically in the spotlight versus women who typically don't get a lot of attention and we should be focusing on the people who um are being oppressed I get I guess the most and we should all be using our resources to uplift them and um, promote their perspectives because they are the ones suffering the most and that's not to say that the issues that affect um non or like white women or stuff like that are important because I mean obviously there are so many issues that intersect and so many issues that affect white women that also affect black women that also affect Native American women such as like um sexual assault or something like that so um I'm not saying that their issues aren't important. I'm just saying that as women, we need to uplift the voices of those most oppressed because, I mean, think about it. If you had, like, let's say, for example, if you had one snake in your room <laughs> and, you know, that snake is still a threat to you and you will be stronger once you, like, combat that one snake that you're dealing with. And I'm not saying that... <laughs> I feel like I have to defend everything I'm saying. This is just an example. I'm not saying like, obviously there are white women who are oppressed in other ways too. I'm not trying to put this like a black woman versus white woman thing. If anything, I'm trying to unite us and I'm trying to get us to a place where we are stronger together. So I don't ever want someone to think that I'm trying to diminish what they go through. But let's just say like you have the snake in your room and you're kind you're trying your hardest to like get away from that snake and and this is a bad snake I know people are gonna be like no snakes are bad (laughs) see like I I don't know I always feel like I have to defend myself like I know what people are going to say like before I even finish talking but this is just an example like this (laughs) this is not like don't get your panties in a bunch is that like the term I don't know but anyway and then you have another room where this other person is combating like 500 snakes like clearly once you are working on getting past your snake your snake goes to sleep and you can sneak into the other room and like help the other person like fight off their snakes I mean that's just an example we are stronger when we come together but you are also stronger once you work on yourself I feel like I could have just started off with that and started trying to come up with some like weird snake analogy but I don't know it just it's fine but We are stronger once, yes, we work on ourselves. It's kind of like when you um, are on an airplane and they always say to put your own oxygen mask on before you like help your child, (laughs) which I always thought was like funny, but I was also scared as a kid when I would get on airplanes because I would go to the East Coast to visit my family a lot. And I would be like, this, these bitches really just told my mom to say, fuck me and like help help herself and like obviously I was a kid I was just scared that I wasn't gonna be able to figure out how to do it on my own and I was like my mom's not gonna help me she's gonna help herself first which it makes sense I guess that 
obviously it makes sense now that I'm an adult and like clearly I want my mom to help herself because she's a lot like more she's an adult like you know what I mean like clearly she needs to save herself first so she can help me and like not die in the process of helping me but like anyway I don't even really understand where I was going with that but but yeah so anyway you would need to obviously you are stronger when you look into yourself and look at ways that you can improve yourself and be a better version of yourself because that's genuinely how you're going to be able to help others I've I know that firsthand where I tried to just like jump into issue after issue after issue and all it did was make me feel depressed and it was because I wasn't working on me and I wasn't I was so focused on this war happening here or what my president did here or like this law that I like I was so obsessed with trying to be so educated on everything just so people knew I cared at least like that people knew that I care enough to research about you and I I was researching so much and I was so sad all the time and then I had to just realize okay you know there's going to be a new form of oppression there's going to be something awful that happens every day but in order for you to really actually do anything about it you have to help yourself you have to find what makes you feel good and find that self-care I mean Some people like to like bash the whole put on a face mask and like drink some wine and get in a bath is not self-care. I mean, who really cares what actually is self-care to someone as long as it's working genuinely? I mean, clearly you need to go and and um, work on your emotional trauma and baggage. But that's a lot. I mean, I, I recommend starting off with like meditation and yoga and just um maybe like listening to like a sleep hypnosis um, when you're going to bed. I, those are things that helped me a lot. But um, there's a lot of like relaxation and just mind like that sense of, oh, I feel good when you're in a bath or you have some wine or you depress or you have that face mask and you feel clean and you felt like you cleaned yourself. I don't know. Um, anyway. The reason I brought this all up was because the Women's March. (laughs) I noticed from when I first went to the Women's March and I understand that the whole point kind of of the Women's March was in protest of Trump. So I felt it was still pretty bitter. The wound was still opened. I mean, Trump had only... um, Trump was obviously like still president. So it was still like a fresh wound and it was still pretty Trump centered. But I started to notice that a lot of white women were kind of making it more about the Me Too movement, but which was great. The Me Too movement started in um, 2017 and um, I noticed that and it was so positive and I was so it was so awful listening to all these different women from all different backgrounds and colors and races and cultures and all over the world share awful horrific stories that just could break your heart if you just if you read them they were just awful um and I I understood it but then I still had to look at it from a black perspective as people and I feel like people really aren't going to understand that because if they're not black 
And the reason that I say that is because the Me Too movement was originally started by a woman of color. And I think that that no one really knows that. And she kind of coined the term in 20, 2006, I believe. Um, and that was way before, you know, it started to become mainstream when people were using obviously like the hashtag and stuff on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that was MySpace days, but... I noticed that um, the movement started to become more of like a white, middle class, raped, um, and I'm sorry if that is offensive, um, I will try to say sexual assault, but if this is like kind of triggering, um, probably maybe um, I will try to put like a little timestamp when I'm done talking about this, but um, um, I just feel like the movement kind of excluded stories that weren't so cookie cutter and perfect like I was and I'm not saying perfect because I guess that's even just awful but um stories that weren't like so there was any if there was any like doubt and I don't want to really want to say that because even women who have clear clear um I believe, I mean, I believe every woman that usually comes out with their story because, I mean, majority of the time, like, statistically, I believe it was over 90% of women aren't lying or something like that. I don't even really want to say the quote because I don't know if that's true. But, I mean, I typically believe if you're really going to come out and, like, make that public, I, I highly doubt you're lying about it because the amount of stress and people who are judging you and people who are trying to tear you apart I just can't even imagine that um and I will always believe the woman but um I started to see how if the story wasn't I was at a college party and I was saying no and screaming the whole time if it wasn't kind of just like that I noticed that the stories weren't getting a lot of attention and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way because this whole thing started from a woman of color's perspective and the fact that we were again draining out black women who are statistically going through so much oppression as far as domestic abuse and sexual assault and things like that. I noticed, especially at the Women's March, the first one that I attended in, was it 2018? Um, Yeah, 2018. Whenever Black issues were brought up, um, I noticed less people were cheering, especially Black trans issues. A lot of white women weren't really on board for that. Um... I noticed that I was kind of the only one around that was listening. Um, I noticed that, I mean, for 2018 and 2019, I stayed till pretty much the end when a lot of women of color were the ones speaking. And I noticed that it just, the energy of the crowd changes when it's black issues. And I get that it's because you aren't, it's not something that you can really relate to, but it's something that you should want to know more about as far as being an ally because this is someone's life and just because it doesn't relate to you doesn't mean that it's not important and I was so surprised to go to 2020's woman march and see not only native americans native american or indigenous um 
people being the forefront and the um they were kind of like the starters and we let them go first and I just believe that that was so powerful and impactful and I'm not exactly sure if they have done that every year to be honest because I kind of um have gotten there late before so I never really have saw the um exact beginning but I noticed that that was something that was beautiful and then there was um a lot of black woman dancers that were um, there were some like um light-skinned and like white women also that were dancing but it would just it was so beautiful how diverse everything was and I noticed a lot of a dif- difference in the posters a lot of them were more centered to being more intersectional and to bringing awareness to a lot of women's issues that typically get ignored. And I think that that was just so beautiful to see the change and the huge shift, especially in crowds, um, which we still have a lot of work to do. Um, But I've noticed when the indigenous people were performing their songs and singing and playing music for um, the beginning of the speeches. Everybody was respectful and listening. Even the anti-vaxxers that were there protesting put their signs down and were respectful of it. What rubbed me the wrong way (laughs) is that I think it was when either Black Women United or maybe it was something to do with Black trans Youth, I wasn't, I'm not exactly sure what organization it was. That's when the anti-vaxxers decided to go and put their signs up. So I'm like, okay, I'm happy that you guys decided to at least have the decency to put it down during um, the indigenous performance. <laughs> but I mean, we're, there's still a lot of work to do as far as respecting black lives <laughs> and black perspectives. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to kind of put that out there and put that as something that I've noticed. Um, it was a huge shift this year. And I think that comes with more and more people being wanting to know and wanting to educate themselves and not being afraid to go into social arts and like liberal arts and stuff like that in college. I think that that stuff is so beneficial I mean my sociology class I'll never forget them they're they have always been so beneficial and I think a lot of people are changing and I know I'm not by any means saying we don't have hella work to do because we do we all do but I just wanted to point that out that I did see a huge shift and a huge difference in the amount of people who were so supportive of people of color especially black women and how many people were at the donation tables to help out and volunteer with um, Black Women United. And it, it was just beautiful. Loved it. Had a good experience. As far as the meat, the actual purpose, I guess, big main topic that I wanted to get to today is I'm kind of just going to focus more on just the Black perspective and experience If you guys know on Twitter, I asked you guys what you guys wanted my next episode to be and majority of you guys chose um, black veganism and kind of dissecting what black veganism is and how that differs from white veganism and what it actually is and what it means. And so um, I since then, I've done so much research um, 
And I've determined that it's something that I can't rush in a week's worth of um, research. Trust me, I have literally five pages of research, handwritten notes and just so much shit trying to push out and like make sure I get everyone's perspective because I've noticed that the what actually black veganism is hasn't really been defined and it's kind of controversial and a lot of people have different theories and that's why it's so important and that's why I always change my name on Twitter if you've noticed to black perspectives matters because I think we get into this habit of saying black lives matter and I think that's beautiful um but I think we live in a society where a lot of white people are mm, I think we live in a society where we have a lot of racists that don't want to be called racist and they will say um I don't hate black people or I don't care if a black guy works with me or I don't care as long as they as long as they as long as they it's the same thing kind of with homophobia it's like I don't care about gay marriage if you want to get married whatever but don't kiss in public but it's like all these conditions on your blackness and all these conditions on your um sexual orientation there's always these buts that have to that go along with fitting social norms and making sure you don't deviate too much from that social norm and those social norms are set by the most privileged in society which is usually white males the reason why I feel like I always want to say black perspectives matters more than black lives not more than because they're black lives matter kind of sprouted out for police brutality so I'm not trying to take anything away from that I'm just trying to expand on that so I'm not saying it's better I'm and obviously I always change my name back to Black Lives Matters a lot because um clearly police brutality is a huge problem in our country but I like to change it up and spice it up because black people aren't just police brutality and that's kind of where I like to deviate from it a little bit just because I think we're like I said we're in a society where a lot of white people we live in a society where a lot of white people don't want to be called racist but are racist (laughs) so um I think we're shifting more towards a lot of white people not I mean and in it's it's in their head tip obviously I when I say this obviously I'm not agreeing I'm just saying like from their perspective of what I think they think <laughs> so clearly I'm not agreeing but I think we're shifting more towards a society that agrees that black lives matter I mean I think majority of not I'm not even gonna say majority but I think a huge portion of white people kind of will go well I don't think he should have been unjustifiably killed but he shouldn't have resisted or but he shouldn't have bad-mouthed him or but he shouldn't have moved or but he shouldn't have screamed or whatever all these like obviously conditions on your blackness I mean that's kind of what I'm getting at is that I think a lot of white people are coming to terms that maybe and this is not I mean obviously there is so many white nationalists and people who just hate black people and aren't going to tolerate even existing near them and that's why we're seeing so many mass shootings and racially targeted um violence and terrorism so I'm not saying that this doesn't exist anymore I'm just saying that this is a perspective that I've noticed that white people are kind of becoming 
they always they're becoming okay with the fact that you're going to be there kind of but they are still going to put conditions on what you're really allowed to do so it's like yeah my child can go to school with a black kid but I don't want them to date them but they better not reproduce but they better not be friends but they better they can't play together in playground or but you they can't come over after school it's that kind of I'm racist but I don't want to be called racist because I don't care about you know if the black man is there but they they are racist if that makes any sense to anyone where black perspectives matters and why I always try to push that narrative a lot is because I think now it's yeah you might agree that my life matters but now you need to agree that my art matters my history matters my um family matters my health matters my community matters my my contribution to medicine matters it's more than just yeah you can exist it's yes you can exist and thrive it's my perspective my seat at this table matters because my ancestors built your wealth because my ancestors built this country because without them you would not be anything so I think when it comes to that it's that's my perspective as a black woman and my perspective matters just as much as yours does as a white well again it's not even about equality all the time because I think in certain certain in certain situations my perspective is going to matter more than the white man's. <laughs> In a lot of situations, my perspective matters. And that's kind of where I'm getting at. It's not really a hierarchy. I don't really understand why people always want to say, so you're saying that you matter more than a white guy. I don't give a fuck about if I matter more than a white guy. I matter. What I matter is, is that when I put myself out there, my genuine self, who I am as a black woman, as Tyra, I don't want to get shit from it from white people. I don't want you. I don't want to come to your house and have you be racist towards me for dating your white son. I don't want to come to your house and um, have you cook fried chicken for me. Like You know what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm over all of these people that think, yeah, OK, I'll coexist with black people, but I'm still never going to actively change or do anything in order to be a better person because it's not worth it, whatever. I already gave you your right to exist, I guess. And you really didn't because that's a whole nother tangent. But like back full circle of to why I didn't produce my black veganism, what that is kind of defining it episode. This episode is because I've noticed that the black vegan perspective is a very oppressed perspective. It was really hard for me to kind of get a universal definition of what black people have decided black veganism is. And it's hard to even think of black people really even believe in black veganism. I don't know if even a lot of black people or people or color of general or at all even really believe in black veganism or they just believe in veganism. I have from the research I've done, it's so diverse. It's so different. It's so split. And I've noticed that I could be a part of defining what that is because it is important. And I think black people should stand up and people of color in general should stand up and put our roots and put our 
legacy down in veganism because I think right now where it's going is if we don't intersect and if we don't recruit other people of color, veganism is going to fail. If we don't make veganism seem more accessible and we don't fight for accessibility and to end poverty and to uplift communities, um, low-income communities, veganism will fail. Because at its core, veganism should be completely against using any being for, I guess, exploitative profit. And I mean, even that really comes from like, you really do have a job. I mean, it's, it's like against your will. It's not like, yes, obviously when you go to work, they are using you for your labor. They are paying you a very small portion of what they will make and you will slave at that job and they are a hundred percent exploiting you as a person. It is what it is. Um, and as sad as it is, it is what it is. But, um, I'm more so talking about a being, a sentient being against its will. Um, I mean, you're choosing at the end of the day, as sad as it is, to go to work, to make money, to do X, Y, and Z. A cow is not profiting at all from being exploited. A cow is not profiting at all from having being constantly forced to produce children just to have them stripped from them within a few hours of their birth so much to the point where as when they're not able to do it anymore that's when they're spent and that's when they are sent to slaughter I mean cows they can live up to like what 25 20 25 years and their like average lifespan is I think like um I'm pretty sure it's like one to five years or something small like that I mean even then I don't even think that was right but I know they're killed like 80 to 90 percent earlier than their average lifespan I mean that is awful that is completely against their will there's no circle of life in that there's no gain for them there's at the end of the day you are being used for profit for your body against your will um I mean so I think that's it's kind of hard when it comes to finding a consensus of what black veganism is because a lot of people don't believe that we should even differentiate between black veganism and veganism because they think that the center is the animals and they're not realizing that black veganism isn't just being black and vegan black veganism is your black perspective on veganism and that is a different perspective and all it is is a perspective it doesn't take anything away from the animals it doesn't take anything away from you as a vegan to realize that this black perspective exists your perspective as a woman going into veganism exists and all it is is just different perspectives and within that I think okay as a black woman black vegan black veganism I think okay like 40% of black women die from breast cancer. I know that dairy is highly linked to breast cancer. Or I might say, so that's kind of how my veganism intersects with um, my experience as a black woman. Or I might say, okay, prostate cancer. I know that prostate cancer, um, there's a lot of evidence that a plant-based diet helps with 
prostate cancer or helps prevent you from getting that. And I know a lot of black males get that. Um, so that's kind of how that intersects or food insecurity. I know majority, um, I think it's, I can't remember the statistic right now and you guys know how I feel about not putting out correct statistics, but, um, I know that black people are, um, more likely to not live in an area next to a supermarket and more likely to live in an area that has fast food options. So when it comes to white vegans boycotting, fast food options I'm thinking so you're gonna just tell this whole demographic of people who are living in these areas that they shouldn't be able to enjoy vegan options because of what like what is the whole purpose of not having a vegan option it comes from such an area of privilege to really even believe that or to say that and so my perspective as a black woman or just being black in general is so different when it comes to veganism. So I believe that that is black veganism. And there's so much more to that. <laughs> there are so many different, I don't know, like Af and the movie Afro, I mean, not movie, the book Afroism um, by the co-sisters. They have a completely different meaning of what they believe black veganism to be and to be honest I don't really get it (laughs) they write in such a beautiful poetic like very sociology like major that uses all these terms that I really don't get and obviously that's my ignorance and I know those terms probably describe exactly what they mean so I do a lot of googling (laughs) and I'll write in the margins of the book of like what different words that I don't mean that I don't know mean so I'm not and it's nothing on their part it's obviously me who is obviously I'm getting into reading more but they use a lot of terms that I'm not really used to so I might even agree with their version of black veganism but I really don't understand it I don't it just wasn't written in a way that I got it but I mean their book is amazing if you ever have the opportunity to read it um I love it and it's helped me so much put into words about how I feel about black being black and vegan and I have yet to seen a book do that I haven't seen any book um really go into depth on what it on like kind of having veganism and black culture and um womanism and things like that in one book so it was very just eye-opening to read so if you guys have an opportunity to read that it's aphorism I think it's pop culture black essays or not black essays. (laughs) I think it's called Afroism, black essays. I literally said black essays again, as I literally just said, no, that's not what it is. It's pop culture, black veganism and something else. But if you just type in Afroism, like you'll find it on Amazon and it's pretty affordable. So, um, I recommend that. And that's a book that I would think would go down in kind of history as far as, um, black, vegan legacy I think that book is one that would go down and like as what it means to be black and vegan I mean we have so much history of veganism that stems way back (laughs) or just vegetarianism and plant-based diets go way back to African culture but I'm gonna cover that in my black veganism um episode but um like I said I think I'm gonna have that come out during Black History Month, I want to do kind of like a whole series for Black History Month where I interview 
I'm going to try to interview a lot of different black vegans because obviously if I'm going to preach about black perspectives, I want to be a part of that movement that pushes black perspectives in the vegan movement. I don't see why it has to be the way that it is. I definitely think I, there's no problem in promoting and putting out more black voices within the vegan community. If anything, it's going to make things stronger and it's going to make our movement stronger and it's going to make our movement larger. And um, so I hope to do that during Black History Month, kind of do a whole series on that. And I also want to interview um, my mom. If you guys don't know, my mom is... I don't know if she's going to be mad that I tell people this, but my mom's in her 60s and I'm in my 20s. So there's a pretty huge age gap between me and my mom. So I kind of just want to do a whole series for Black History Month where I kind of dive deep into the different generations of Black women. I want to go obviously into Black veganism. I want to go into the bullying that black children face. I kind of just want to cover different topics that I think I don't really see a lot. I know a lot of people are going to go into police brutality, which is so important. That's not, so that's why I kind of want to do something different is because I know someone else is already going to bring awareness to that. And not that it's not important. I just want to push a different black perspective. I mean, if someone could tally how many times I said black perspective, like in this podcast, (laughs) I'm sure it's a lot, but hopefully this makes any sense. I know I've just been rambling and, um, maybe this made no sense to anyone, but like I said in my last episode, you might not fuck with every episode of my podcast. You might not relate to it. You might not get it, but you might get next week's or you might not get it two weeks in a row, or you might get it this whole time and you might be a huge fan, hopefully, <laughs> and one episode might just not be your week. And if that's this episode, I'm sorry. I definitely plan to cover more topics, obviously, than just the Black perspective. Um, but that's kind of where I'm going, especially during Black History Month. I really want to push out more Black perspectives. And I, if you are listening to this podcast and you know anyone who's Black... <laughs> and happens to be vegan and wouldn't mind coming on a podcast, let me know. Also, if you are a black vegan um, and you wouldn't mind being interviewed, then you can contact me on Twitter. My Twitter is Tyra the Taurus, like the zodiac sign, Tyra like Tyra Banks, the like the word that I start every sentence with. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Kombucha Hour. And you can also find me um, uh, probably in bed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but those are pretty much my two biggest platforms. Or you can email me at TyraTheTaurus at gmail.com if you prefer to do that. Um, if you don't have an Instagram or a Twitter. And also if you know anyone that might be interested in being interviewed for my controversial vegans um series that I'm going to do if you know any vegans that are their opinions are kind of out there as far as to veganism it doesn't have to be negative clearly it could just be a perspective that's different like black veganism or maybe like a um I don't know like if you know anyone's opinions that's kind of different that you haven't really heard a lot so you think it would kind of spark some kind of controversy or topic or some kind of productive debate um or if you feel like you were that person that holds that kind of view 
um, let me know because I definitely want to dive more into different topics that um, are hard to talk about. And I want to dissect those and open those up and learn from them because clearly if you haven't learned from me by now, I'm one of those people that finds beauty in debate. Um, <laughs> and I like, I mean, and I, I remember I was on Twitter today and I, I'm not going to get too deep into it because I don't want people to know who I'm talking about, but I was tweeting something about, um, like not being, um, something about like finding beauty in debate. And that wasn't to say that people had to always be up for debating and always be up for a challenge. That's just saying like, when you're up for it, be open to, um, someone's differing of opinions. I mean, clearly you can close out of your social media and deal with what you have to deal with whenever you want to, but don't be afraid to have someone challenge your opinions because, that's how you grow and that's how you learn and you're not going to learn by still staying and listening to the same people that always agree with you you could be the smartest person in the world and think that you know everything but the second someone challenges you and you're not prepared for that and you don't have an answer for that that's going to rock your world when you could have already been prepared and learned from an opposing view and made your opinion stronger and I think I talked about that a little bit in last week's episode so I'm going to try to wrap things up now but um thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast I know that I just am rambling and I say that a lot because I feel like you guys are going to like think that I'm not structured I feel like I kind of I hit all the topics I wanted to talk about so I'm excited about that so hopefully it came out correct um I know I say um and like a lot I did an eighth grade project I remember me and one of like two other people out of my class which my class was only 90 kids so it wasn't a lot but I remember I remember it was me and this one other girl and I think someone else we were like one of the only two three people that failed this like eighth grade project and I remember I was so devastated because you couldn't like graduate if you didn't pass the eighth grade project so they let you do one more like last attempt And I remember the main reason that I failed was because I said, um, and like too much. And it's like, obviously it's a filler thing and I have anxiety and sometimes my mouth starts to like the bottom of my jaw will literally start shaking from anxiety where my teeth are like shut. I know this sounds so dramatic, but if you have anxiety, you'll get it. Like it just comes out of nowhere and you can't like control it too much, um, But if you guys want me to talk about different ways that I can that you can kind of help your anxiety, um, I will do that, too. But anyway, my mouth starts to like move a lot. And so my teeth jitter and it's awful. And so I usually start to say like, um, and like when that happens. And also they just are fillers for when you don't know what to say. So I'm going to try to be more conscious of that next week because I told myself I was going to be more conscious of it this week, but I forgot. (laughs) So um, I will try to be more conscious of it next week. But yeah, um, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, So if you guys um, liked this episode, please let me know and share it with all of your friends. I would totally appreciate it. And thank you guys again so much for the support. Like, you guys were so sweet and so kind and you have no idea how much it means to me to have like support. I know that sounds so annoying, but 
I just can't even express how like happy I am that you guys liked my podcast. And anyway, um, I'm just going to stop mumbling (laughs) and I will see you guys in next week's episode. Good luck with your school. I know school just started for a lot of you guys. Good luck with college. If you don't know what to do with your life, just keep swimming. (laughs) And I promise one day you might have clarity. And if not, you will in the next couple of years. (laughs) Okay, bye.